Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's July 18th, 1992. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It might not sound too surprising that the first photo ever uploaded to the internet today in history in 1992 was taken at CERN, the scientific research lab where Sir Tim Berners-Lee developed the World Wide Web. However, what is more surprising is that it was not a photo of scientists or of computers, but the lab's in-house doo-wop parody girl group, Les Horribles Cernet. When people say this was the first ever image uploaded to the internet, kind of in common parlance that's true, but just, just so that we can do the caveat... This was probably the first image of a band uploaded to the World Wide Web. It's what it actually was. <laughs> the internet had been working for almost 30 years before the web was invented. And this is the first known image that was uploaded to the World Wide Web. But because it was built on the internet, almost certainly there were other images that were on it before this. I mean, just to water things down yet further, maybe banned is a bit of an exaggeration because <laughs> Les Horribles they were sort of a parody group. They performed comedy songs basically about their boyfriend's many late nights in the office because the Cernets were, well, some of them were the wives and girlfriends of people who worked at CERN. Some of them actually were employed by CERN themselves, but they sang songs like Every Proton of You and My Sweetheart is a Nobel Prize, kind of comedy songs designed to appeal to the people who they were largely <laughs> performing for, which was the scientific community located at CERN. Yeah, I mean, it's, this seems initially like a story about the early days of the web, but honestly, it's really more a story about the culture at CERN. Yes, <laughs> yeah. The roots of this story go back three years to 1989, when a CERN computer scientist called Silvano De Genero decided that what the lab needed was a music festival. It already had loads of groups, musical groups, because it employs about 2,500 full-time scientists and support staff, and then also thousands of visiting members of scientific institutions every year. And the campus is very much like its own little world. But didn't necessarily have any brand recognition. I mean, like now, everyone listening has probably heard of CERN because of the Hadron Collider and the World Wide Web. But then... It was Switzerland's European Organisation for Nuclear Research. That's what it was. The idea of having a rock concert there wasn't the most obvious thing to do. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was before they introduced the CERN Hardronic Festival. You can see how the puns are playing a really big part in this. <laughs> it combined, like, kind of like hard rock, hadron. Anyway, it's a bit of a tenuous link, but it's still an annual event to this day. Although it feels like in practice... I mean, I looked at the website and now you get a lot of real bands playing, but the, the first ones were more like a talent show with employees of CERN encouraged CERN's to share their musical yeah. styling. Yeah. yeah, CERN's got talent. And, you know, he ended up writing a lot of the songs. You know, this was a real great opportunity for Savano as well. So the weird thing is, not only does CERN have its own musical culture, but even this specific story about Les Horribles Annette has its own mythology around it. And the story has been retold in different ways. But 
Well, what seems to be the way that it started was that founding member Michelle Muller, who would later go on to become Mrs. Silvano de Genere, was working as a bilingual secretary at the organisation when a colleague asked if she would sing with her at the show a song that Silvano had written for her himself to attract the attention of a physicist that she was dating. <laughs> the, song was, the song was called Collider. It was a do-what pastiche about a lonely young woman whose boyfriend prefers smashing particles to spending time with her. It's the a cracker, lyrics, by the way. It is, it's good. The lyrics don't sound great on paper. You know, he, he, Silvano wasn't writing in his native tongue, but I watched a music video version from the year 2000 and honestly it sounds good Mm. and they Mm. are good singers sample lyric from collider i fill your mail file with lovely phrases they all come back in valid user you never let me into your computer (laughs) (laughs) i liked a bit from my sweetheart's a nobel prize which was i don't understand the funny signs on his blackboard but when he holds my hand he takes me to the stars actually it doesn't scan very well now that i'm looking at it but uh, (laughs) there you go i mean while we're doing favorite lyrics i'll just chuck mine in um this is from liquid nitrogen you said i'd be yours 30 million 240,000 seconds a year including leap years which means (laughs) 86,400 extra every four okay i think we get the gist yeah Nerd rock. Okay. So so the photo itself was taken by Genero and it was backstage at this hydronic music festival that he had come up with. And basically he had the idea that he wanted a picture for the next CD cover. And so he told the four members to lean in and smile and he took the photo and he later said, when history happens, you don't know that you're in it. Look, it's sort of slightly clutching at straws given that this isn't exactly <laughs> (laughs) like, you know, the fall of the Berlin Wall or anything. But at the same time, it is a significant moment when it goes through its next couple of stages. I was going to say, because the taking of the photo is not the significant bit. No. The significant bit is what happened when it got uploaded. Exactly. Which, of course, isn't something you could do like you can now from the same device, right? So actually, in a way, it only became significant once he'd turned it into a GIF and was playing around with it on his Apple computer. Yes, exactly, because he took this photo away, did a a primitive version of photoshopping on it where he put the women against this baby blue background with a pink logo. So when Berners-Lee and his team cooked up this new edition of what was the still primitive World Wide Web system and this new version could support photo files, it was then that he was looking around for an image to put on it just to sort of test it out. And that's when he and Gennaro came together. Yeah, Gennaro was a computer scientist, but he wasn't working on the World Wide Web project and he didn't really understand entirely what it was. At the time, he actually knew Berners-Lee because they were both involved in CERN's dramatic society. I don't know how any scientific research got done during this time at all. So the process of putting this thing online was that the file was handed to Jean-Francois Groff, who was a programmer on the web project, and he <laughs> uploaded it. I'm imagining this cut to like an Ocean's Eleven style montage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His process of proceeding took two weeks. To do this <laughs> yeah. Enhanced. <laughs> so he then took this thing and did put it on uh, the web. But what he said about it was later was that partly he was doing this because, and I quote, sex sells. He said, it's media. You put a pretty girl in the media, people will notice the media and whatever is around the pretty girl, sure. So he was kind of saying, look, you know, I put this on the the CERN website because until then they were really trying to promote the project as the most serious possible version of itself because they were trying to continue to get funding to pursue it. Yeah, an academic resource for academics to talk to other academics. Exactly. But then there was this sense that it was more than that. And to demonstrate 
demonstrate what it could be, as well as being this academic resource, they came up with this idea that you had to show off the other ways that you could use it, and one was by having fun with it. Yeah, because sex sells, but sex sells what? You know, what Tim Berners-Lee was trying to do at this point was convince management at CERN to allow him to connect the World Wide Web to the internet mm. and not to just their own proprietary network. So this, it's a weird way of demonstrating it in a way because it is actually very much a sort of like the modern equivalent would be a Facebook group, wouldn't it? This is like what's going on in your local village. But at the same time, it's the kind of content where you could say, look at, look at how this could be used for other communities, mm. not just here. Yeah, I mean, it's eerie in a way, isn't it? Because when you look at the photo, it's these four young women all made up because they're about to go on stage. But it's the forerunner of every going out Facebook photo or Instagram story. (laughs) And it's right there at the very origin of the web. And it's a bit behind the scenes, you know, for fans of the (laughs) Sonnets. And it also has, I mean, you don't want to sort of overanalyze such a silly photo. But it is extraordinarily a photo of women looking glamorous that's being distributed without their consent, effectively. Yes. I mean, yeah. that, is the, that is the web's first picture. Because as far as they were concerned, this photo would never leave CERN. This was for an internal network for CERN employees and residents. And also the women who were in the photo kind of ended up in it by chance as well. You know, like so many of the musical greats, Les Horribles Sonnet had frequent lineup changes as mm. people came and left the organisation. The current lineup at the time was Michelle Muller, Angela Higney and Colette Marks-Nielsen. They were all British. And Lynn Verano from Canada. But Les Horribles Sonnet carried on performing right up till 2012 with, the, you know, very different lineups. So it, those four women being in it and being, again, at, right at the beginning of the World Wide Web, that was completely by chance as well. I mean, it's the thing they always say about about doo-wop songs about high-energy physics. Never dates. <laughs> There's always going to be an appetite for that. <laughs> Just whether it's, a, whether it's a growing appetite is the question. Tomorrow. You have to be a very strapping young man in order to manage one of the surfboards that the Hawaiian princes were carrying on this day. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospector. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 